Welcome to The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series from The Washington Post Brand Studio and T. Rowe Price. My name is Lynette Kalfani-Cox. I'm also known as The Money Coach. I'm the author of the New York Times bestseller, Zero Debt, The Ultimate Guide to Financial Freedom, and I'll be your host. Today's discussion features a roundtable conversation with savvy experts designed to help you make more informed financial decisions. This episode takes a hard look at Social Security and in particular at Social Security claiming strategies. Let's introduce our guests. Philip Moeller is an award-winning financial journalist and entrepreneur and the author of Get What's Yours for Social Security. Also joining me is Judith Ward, a certified financial planner at T. Rowe Price and contributor at Forbes. So glad to have you with us, Phil. My pleasure. Judith, thanks for joining us. Yes, it's my pleasure to be here. Okay, let's get started. My first question, Philip, is for you. So when are people actually eligible for Social Security? In most cases, you're eligible as early as age 62 to file for your own Social Security benefits. There are some asterisks depending on whether you're disabled and also depending on the kind of benefits you're claiming. But the traditional benefit, which is your retirement benefit, you can start claiming as early as age 62 or delay claiming all the way up until age 70. And what about the nuts and bolts around the money? How much can people expect to receive from Social Security? There's going to be a range, of course, because Social Security is based on how much you've earned in wages. And Social Security uses your top 35 years of earnings. So it's not what you earned last year or the year before that's going to drive your benefits. It's what you've earned over your career. The average Social Security benefit is somewhere in the neighborhood of eleven dollars to $1,200 a month now. But if you've earned near the maximum every year on which you pay Social Security taxes, your benefit at what's called full retirement age is going to be around $2,800 a month. And if you defer that benefit up until age 70, you're going to be $3,600, a month. So it's a substantial amount of money. It pays to wait then. Now, you mentioned the full retirement age. What is the full retirement age? <laughs> it depends how old you are. It's shifting. The full retirement age has been 66 for a long time. But for people who are going to turn 66 in the year 2020, their full retirement age is going to start to nudge up to 67. That age bumps up two months for each birth year. So over a course of six years, the full retirement age will increase to 67 for people born after 1954. Okay. Now, Judy, let's bring you into the conversation here. Phil was just mentioning the fact that people can get more in their Social Security checks the longer they wait. So when should people start claiming those Social Security benefits to which they might be entitled? You know, a lot of that really depends on the circumstances. One of the things we hear a lot about is people will claim at age 62 because they can. But it really is important to look at your circumstances, think about what are your other sources of income, longevity. If you're a married couple, there could be strategies for married couples. So a lot of it really does depend on your circumstances. Judy's absolutely right. It, it really depends on the circumstances. Social Security is not a simple, plain vanilla benefit system. There are a lot of special rules, and it really is worth your while to learn enough about this program so you can make informed decisions. Historically, 
A lot of people have been very passive about Social Security because they just assume, well, I just, you know, I wait till I'm 62 or whatever it is, I get the simple benefit and that's the end of the story. And it's simply not the end of the story. Let's shift a little bit to spouses. Philip, what are the requirements to receive a spousal benefit? You have to be married for a year to qualify for a spousal benefit. You can claim spousal benefits as early as age 62 as well. But again, keep in mind, in order to claim that spousal benefit, your spouse has to have filed for their own retirement benefit. If that first spouse has filed for the retirement, then the other spouse is eligible to file for a spousal benefit which can be up to half of the first spouse's entitlement at full retirement age. Even if you filed at a different age, that spousal benefit is still key to that full retirement age benefit. Okay, and what about divorce spouses? Is an ex entitled to claim Social Security benefits? Yep, the rules are a little bit more stringent in terms of how long they've been divorced. First of all, they have to have been married at least 10 years to qualify for an ex-spousal benefit. And then when they reach 62, which again is the normal earliest claiming age, there are some rules about how long they had to have been divorced. It's usually a couple of years unless their ex has already filed for their retirement benefits. So unlike normal spousal benefits, you can actually qualify for an ex-spousal benefit even if your spouse has not yet filed for Social Security. The difference is you have to have been divorced for at least two years. Okay. Now, Judy, let me ask you, can you keep working after you actually claim your Social Security benefits? And if so, is there any kind of limit on how much you can earn? Yeah, so this is something that's called the earnings test. Full retirement age or later, you can work and not worry about your benefit being reduced. Prior to full retirement age, your benefit may be reduced, even though you do get that back later. Let's assume somebody is still working. Maybe they have a source of earned income, or maybe not. Maybe they just have existing retirement savings. What's the best way for them to use their Social Security checks that they're going to get on a regular basis in conjunction with either some sources of income or existing retirement funds? Which one should they use first? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, you need to really sit down and figure out what are your expenses going to be in retirement. And if you're married, you and your spouse need to be on the same page. I don't know how many times people are going to retire and they have this idea in mind and turns out the spouses are not on the same page. One party's thinking, hey, let's go to Costa Rica. <laughs> right. The other one is like, no, let's go to Denver where the, where right. the kids are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to sit down. You have to understand what are your expenses going to be in retirement? How might they change through retirement as well? And then what a lot of people like to do is kind of line up their income sources against their expenses. And uh, to a point Philip made earlier, Social Security, it is a, it's a significant source of income for many retirees. And because it is inflation adjusted, it's a good stream of income to match up against some of your essential expenses. Um, and then you can look at other uh, income sources that you have. What are the predictable income sources? And then you know, that will also kind of give you a sense of how much you're going to have to rely on your personal savings to make up you know, how you want to, to live in retirement. Let's talk about couples who are still married and looking at ways to maximize their Social Security benefits as a family unit. What are some Social Security claiming strategies they should consider? For most people, if they file for their retirement benefit, and they're also eligible for a spousal benefit, 
Social Security will look at the two relative benefits and give them an award that's roughly equal to the greater of the two. So that substantially reduces that claiming strategy. However, you still have situations where spouses need to think about the timing of which spouse files first for retirement and which spouse then would file for a spousal. So if you have any kind of difference in ages between the couples, that's when your ability to create claiming strategies uh, is still available to you. There can be some interesting strategies with family benefits for your children in terms of thinking about how you want to structure those. Your children can get benefits based on your earnings record. In order for them to get benefits, you have to file for your own retirement. So while it may be usually good for somebody to wait to file, if you have somebody who's like 62 and they have two school-age kids at home, they could file for their own retirement and trigger benefits for their kids, and that could be the best strategy for the entire household. It really depends on the circumstances. Judy, did you want to add something there? Yeah, I just wanted to add a bit. It it does depend on the age difference between the spouses and also work history. So if each spouse has their own work history and their um, benefits are both going to be larger than any spousal benefit, you know, there are some considerations. One of the things I talk about is that Social Security is a woman's issue. And the reason it's a woman's issue is because statistically women live longer than men. So the uh, surviving spouse benefit could be very important if longevity or um, if any spouse thinks they are going to live longer than um, average life expectancies. And so we talk about this idea of a split strategy where the um, in order to maximize that survivor benefit, and that survivor benefit is you get the larger of the two benefits when one pa- spouse passes away, And typically, we would tell people the way to maximize that survivor benefit is for the higher earner to wait as long as possible, ideally age 70. It might be difficult for um, families to maximize that survivor benefit. It's the higher earner that that should wait. I think when most people think about Social Security benefits, they're thinking, ah, a retiree for the most part. They're thinking older Americans who have, you know, left the workforce. But based on our conversation here today, I want to drive home the point to our listeners that There are multiple types, of course, of Social Security benefits, the retirement benefits that you can claim, the spousal benefits, the disability benefits, and now the survivor benefits that Judy just highlighted. Do I have that correct, Philip, or are there any other Social Security benefits that folks should know about? You have the main food groups, so to speak. (laughs) There are are variations of some of those. There can be survivor benefits for children in some cases, but you have them lined up pretty completely. There's also the survivor benefit of young survivors, which typically we would call we call widow or widower benefits. So um, it doesn't have to be just a couple that have been in retirement together and then a spouse passes away. You know, as in that case too, you know, someone could have passed away before they even started their benefits or early. On. And so with a widow or widow benefit, there's an opportunity to take that benefit as early as age 60. So I sometimes hear people having a bit of buyer's remorse, so to speak, when they claim Social Security at what they later deem to be too early in age, at 62, for example. So if someone doesn't want to regret the choice that they made, 
What is the main question they should ask themselves, Judy, before they actually go ahead and pull the trigger and take those Social Security benefits? Sure. And we do see this sometimes. And I think this goes back to um, those that really don't realize that their benefits might be reduced if they are still working. I mean, I've actually known people who continue to work, you know, their full-time job and said, well, I'm 62, I'm going to start taking my benefits and not realizing that, I mean, in some cases, they actually didn't receive a benefit because they were still had their full-time salary. Um, So, you know, so that's a key consideration if you're going to continue to work. There is a way that you can kind of get a do-over if you started taking your benefits and it's been within 12 months, you can pay all the benefits back. In one lump sum? In one lump sum, but then you can kind of get a reset and, and you can get a do-over. So, But it has to be within 12 months of when you started. And Philip, for, for your insights on that, what should people sort of ask and answer to themselves about you know, what they should or shouldn't do before they pull the trigger and decide to take Social Security benefits? There are a number of very significant conversations you have to have with yourself, plus with family members, especially a spouse. One of the issues for me is the whole subject of longevity. The odds are that a typical 65-year-old couple, the odds are very high that at least one of them will live well into their 90s. So to Judith's point earlier about maximizing survivor benefits, it's almost, to me, morally responsible that the higher earner delay claiming as late as possible to make sure that that the surviving family member gets the the largest possible social security benefit. You also need to look at your family history and your health. Uh, clearly, those variables can play a role in when you decide to claim benefits. A lot of times, I'll tell talk to people and and especially um, couples that you know this isn't a decision of age 62 to 70. This is a decision of age 62 to in your 90s when you think about your entire retirement horizon with many of us now that are living longer, you know, than than generations before us. It it really is, it it is a significant source of steady income um, that can help pay for your essential expenses in retirement. Sure. So if you can delay, it's probably a good thing to consider. I think the sentiment here is don't make a short-term calculation or a decision that you think might be helpful in the very near term when you're really looking at an issue that's long-range in nature, decades long. Exactly. It's a great way to frame it and for people to think about it. Don't just think about now when you're retiring and you're in your 60s. Think about what this is going to mean in the decades ahead, 70s, 80s, potentially 90s. Right. So let me ask you both about mistakes. What are some common mistakes or things that perhaps people overlook when they're claiming Social Security? Judy? Yeah, again, I think it gets back to, you know, spouses just not looking at Social Security as a part of a larger holistic income strategy and only looking at it in, in um, isolation of their own particular benefit and taking it at age 62 because they can you know, that, that's for a lot of people, that's the information they have. You turn 62, you take your Social Security benefit. So you have to step back and make it part of the, your bigger um, retirement income strategy. Philip? Well, I, I think we've hit on the big one, which is early claiming 
is a mistake that many, many people make. Um, you know, I answer reader questions frequently, and I hear them all. Uh, some people mistakenly think that you're automatically enrolled in Social Security when you reach a certain age, and then they're just amazed when the benefits don't start flowing in. So um, Social Security is a system that you really have to use yourself to get the ultimate benefit from. Um, and, and I guess a big picture here is that you're sort of on your own. Um, Social Security does not have any legal obligation to tell you about all these rules that you may or may not understand. You need to do some homework to look out for yourself. It can be a great benefit program, but like a lot of tools, you really have to know how to use them, and you need to do some some homework to do that. Let's move on now to a segment that we call This or That. This is a part of the podcast where we discuss the pros and cons of several options to any given financial challenge. So this episode's challenge has to do with claiming age, of course. So here's what I'm going to pose to you both. This or that. Claim at 62, claim at full retirement age or 67, or claim at 70 and a half for the maximum benefit. What do you say, Philip? I, I, I say roll the dice and wait until 70 um, for the reasons I said before, which is longevity is going to increase the number of years during which you're going to receive that maximum benefit. Again, this is all subject to financial capability and obviously health history. But without a pressing need for funds, I would claim as late as possible. And Judy? So, of course, the financial planner, our favorite expression is it depends. (laughs) You know, if you're a married couple and you both have work histories, there could be a compromise there. Um, You know, we've talked about the higher earner waiting as long as possible with the lower earner taking security at full retirement age or even earlier. You know, it's a little more difficult, I think, for married couples where one spouse does not have their own work history. And as we talked about before, that spousal benefit, you know, now to get that spousal benefit, the, the spouse with the work history has to have filed. So it might be really difficult for couples to wait until age 70 for both of them to claim social security through their own work history or taking advantage of the spousal. So, you know, in general, I say that the longer you can wait, the better, but there could be some compromises with married couples with their own work histories and and that spousal benefit now with the, the new rules might make it tough for some people to be able to wait. Yeah, I think one of the things that should drive these decisions, though, is is being well-informed about the implications of your decision. So um, there are substantial penalties for early claiming uh, for these benefits. And as long as people know what those penalties are, they can make an informed decision. The thing that, that really bothers me is when people make a claiming decision based on an assumption of facts that don't exist. If people know how the system works well enough to make an informed choice, I'm pretty confident they'll make the right choice, and that's up to them. And just to be clear, Philip, on the penalties that you raised, do you mean a penalty outside of a reduced benefit or a lower monthly payout from Social Security or other penalties as well? No, no, it's the reduced benefit, although, as Judith has mentioned, um, if the earnings test 
takes effect for claims before full retirement age, um, that's a situation that you at least want to want to be aware of. What's the best way to calculate how much you should or will receive from Social Security each month? There are lots of different calculators out there for Social Security, but there's only one entity that is the formal custodian of your earnings records, and that's the Social Security Administration. There's a feature um, at the Social Security website, which is at ssa.gov. That's the web address for Social Security. You can open a My Social Security account. You need your identity information, including obviously your Social Security number, to open the account. But if you do this, you can see your formal earnings record, which is Social Security's record of all the wages you have earned during your working career, um, and you can make sure that that's accurate. And then the agency will also project uh, different types of benefits at different claiming ages. So whether it's retirement benefit or a spousal benefit or even a survivor benefit, you can get an idea, a good idea, of what those benefits are going to be in time to make some intelligent plans. Yeah, I would second exactly what Philip has said. SSA.gov, go online, create your account, check your earnings history and make sure it's accurate. And then, you know, also, if you have a more complicated situation, you can visit your local office. Now, they're not going to be able to tell you what to do or give you strategies, but they can run numbers for you. Your local Social Security office. Yes. Got it. So now my next question is for a segment we call Keeping You Up at Night. I'll give both of you a hypothetical situation that often brings a lot of concern to people in retirement. And I just want you both to respond with your own perspective. So here's a concern that we often hear that does, in fact, keep people up at night. They think or they ask this question, could my benefits change if Social Security runs out of money? Philip, your thoughts? Uh, your benefits absolutely would change. <laughs> and as you may well be aware, Social Security has a targeted uh, shortfall uh, coming in a relatively short number of years, uh, 15, 17 years, in which the system will only have enough money to pay something on the order of 77, 79 cents on the dollar for your benefits. So if we don't restore the system to sort of fiscal soundness, benefits will decrease. However, people say, well, maybe I should take my benefits right away because of that. And my response is, be aware that you will still get nearly 80% of your benefits, and 80% of a big number may be bigger than the smaller benefit you would be claiming right away. And Judy, before I get your insights on that, Philip, very quickly, if you could tell me the deficiency that you referenced in Social Security 15 years or so down the road, what's the reason for that? Why is there this shortfall? The nature of the amount of money on which we pay Social Security taxes hasn't reflected the changing reality of wages. So this is a this is a complicated way of saying wage inequality over time has starved the Social Security system from enough money to pay for itself. Having said that, we probably need to right-size the program and make some intelligent decisions on how to sustain it for the next 75 or 100 years. Okay. And Judy, your thoughts on people who are worried about mm -hmm. the prospect of their Social Security benefits changing if the system runs out of money? You know, I have to echo everything Philip just said. You know, and we don't all have our own account 
at Social Security that, you know, where all of our earnings have gone in and then we draw out. It doesn't work that way. It's current workers are paying into the system that current retirees are, are taking the money. And so another thing that has happened is the demographics where we had, you know, I, I don't know if it was maybe 20 years ago or so where it was four workers were paying into a system for every one retiree. I think, you know, coming soon, it's going to be down to two workers for every one. So there's that demographic impact as well, along with everything else that Philip had mentioned. And then after 2035, I think, or so, again, what Philip said, they'll still be able to pay 77% of the benefits. You know, I think if you're close to retirement or in retirement now, that reduction might happen in the future. I think it's the younger generations that have a real concern you know, about what Social Security will will look like for them. So I'm afraid our time is up here. But before we go, I've got one final segment for our listeners. We call it the big picture. This is where together we want to encourage our listeners regarding a particular goal or a challenge. We want to offer them some advice to help them to achieve that goal. So here's this episode's big picture. Social Security is just one source of income within your retirement portfolio. But it's important, as we all know, to develop additional sources of income beyond Social Security in order to plan for a successful retirement. Judy, how can people go about doing that? <laughs> well, there's this thing called a side hustle, you know, <laughs> that it, you, you hear about a lot, a lot of younger generations are talking about the side hustle. We are seeing more and more people working in retirement. It's amazing. And, and I think, you know, I just heard something where 80 is the new 50. So, you know, we're living longer. You know, your health is extremely important. And that really impacts a lot of the things that we're talking about. It's great to be able to delay Social Security. It's great to work in retirement. But if you don't have your health, that makes things very, very difficult. Philip, your thoughts on developing additional sources of income beyond Social Security? Well, I I certainly agree with what Judith said. And I, I would flip it around a little bit in asking people to invest in their health. You have a financial plan. People need to have a health plan, plans for how they're going to take care of themselves because financially, healthcare expenses are the big wild card in retirement. There's no guarantee, of course, but if we took better care of ourselves individually, not only would we live longer, we'd probably live a higher quality life, and I guarantee you, we would have more money to spend. Thank you so much for joining us today, Philip. My pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Judy, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you again to our guests, Philip Moeller and Judith Ward, and we thank you for listening and hope you'll join us again in the future. Again, I'm Lynette Kalfani-Cox, The Money Coach. If you like The Confident Wallet, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of the Confident Wallet podcast series is provided for general and educational purposes only and is not intended to provide legal, tax, or investment advice. This podcast episode does not provide fiduciary recommendations concerning investments or investment management. It is not individualized to the needs of any specific benefit plan or retirement investor, nor is it directed to any recipient in connection with a specific investment or investment management decision. Investors will need to consider their own circumstances before making an investment decision. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. The views expressed are at the time of the presentation and may have changed since that time. T. Rowe Price, the Bighorn Sheep Design, and the Confident Wallet, collectively and or apart, are trademarks of T. Rowe Price Group, Inc., all rights reserved. 
The trademarks displayed throughout this podcast are the property of their respective owners. T. Rowe Price Investment Services, Inc.